What's up, headbangers? Welcome to another episode of the Talk Louder podcast, where we geek out on all things rock and roll. Hit that subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Leave us your likes and comments. You can also leave likes and comments on Facebook. Follow us on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram at talklouder underscore podcast. And of course, our website, talklouderpodcast.com where you'll find links to our merchandise and uh, links to all of our previous 100 plus episodes. I'm Metal Dave Glessner, along with my co-host, Jason McMaster, who is looking uh, pretty fresh for a guy who got about four hours of sleep last night after driving home from a dangerous toys gig in Dallas. How you doing, man? Or, or less, not to brag. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I've been doing this, you know, drive four hours, play for an hour, drive four more hours yeah uh, you're not for a hotel a, guy for a long time yeah well you know if you're gonna if you're gonna keep going then you know you're probably gonna hotel and then get up and get in the shut up and get in the van kind of a right. thing and go and go and go and go and go and you wear yourself out even more and go even more broke in some cases but <laughs> um it was fruitful yeah we played fort worth last night and uh the toys did and it was it was awesome we were at the rail club and and it was it was a great time. It was a rager. Uh, we've played the rail probably four or five times, and this was probably our biggest attendance. I don't know why. All of a sudden, you know, people are just starving for music. Um, yeah. And uh, you know, merch table was good, and uh, my voice held out. And yeah, man, played a couple new songs. It was it was a rager. And uh, for those of you watching this, if you were there last night, thank you. Yeah, yeah. The, it was good. You've, uh, you've had the toys out a couple times recently. I know you did that Monsters on the Mountain Festival. Yep. Uh, Rail Club last night in Dallas, mm -hmm. and uh, so good. It's it's uh, it's good to see you back out there doing Dangerous Toys. I know you've been busy with Dirty Looks, and you've got some gigs coming up with Igniter, and uh, it's it's great. Broken to see teeth. You. Broken teeth as well. Yes, I just saw mm -hmm. that. Um, so great. I'm glad you're out there doing your thing and, and bringing rock and roll to the people. And uh, I'm glad you were able to make it this morning to uh, to do another podcast because uh, I know I'm not a driver, man. So if I had to drive four hours, do a gig and then drive home and get home at three in the morning, uh, well, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't to, have both eyes open. To right be now. clear, to be clear, uh, we had our buddy Brian Bowen with us and me and Mark were in his truck. But, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's old school. Brian's our one man crew and, and the band and Brian, you know, load and unload and, you know, run the sound check and all that stuff. And it's, you know, it's a bunch of old dogs. It's, you know, we're used to this shit. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the importance is, is when you're, you know, when you're, uh, elder statesman and you're doing those long drives is like, you know, you have to think of it this, we don't sleep very very long anyway there's yeah. this internal clock that you kind of forget about you know that like oh yeah i'll be awake right now anyway so yeah but driving can be kind of droney you know what i mean so i'm uh <clears throat> i was i was almost playing a game of charades with brian to keep him awake so <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't nodding off but of course i was the annoying uh co-pilot yeah you know that kept him <laughs> You know, I was stumping him every question. He was like, duh, I don't know that. I was like, okay, you got in, in original Exodus, you know, you got Kirk Hammett. What's the other guitar player's name? 
You know, I was like, you got their first lineup of Metallica. Who? You got Dave Mustaine on guitar. Who's the other guitar player? And I, he could. He was like, what? How do you know this shit? Come on, what's the original bass player for Exodus name? You know, and he he couldn't he couldn't do it. But well, it, he got the, some of them. He surprised me a few times. The important thing is you're keeping his brain alert, and uh, and that's helping him drive and get you guys home safe. Yeah, I guess we were playing Stump the McMaster. It's not the same thing as Stump the Trunk, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Stump the McMaster doesn't roll off the tongue very well. So well, thank you for uh, for for uh, being available this morning to do this episode because we of got a course. good one. We we got. Um, uh, we've got the return of Blake Ibanez. Uh, he's got a new project. Blake, of course, was the guitar player in Power Trip. He's got a new band called Fugitive. Uh, they're out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And uh, I went and saw them play their very first gig uh, around, I guess it was middle, the mid, middle of August. They played on some big metal festival in Dallas. and uh, That's just a few weeks ago. That's fresh. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, people listening to the show may may remember my son is a, is a huge Power Trip fan. And so he's he's in tune with anything that Blake does. So he told me about this uh, new band Fugitive and then he begged me to drive to Dallas to check him out. So we did. And it was awesome, man. I mean, they they were great. I was I was telling you earlier that I hadn't seen a show like that since I was a teenager, just bodies flying everywhere, just total chaos and the energy of that whole hardcore crossover thrash metal kind of vibe. And it was so much fun and they were great, super tight, great stage presence. And, uh, and Blake is just a really, really cool dude. Uh, we always love having him on the podcast and we've uh, been lucky enough to bump into him from time to time at various gigs. And, and he's just a, a really cool guy and a great hang. So we're happy he could join us uh, again today to talk about his new band, Fugitive, on the Talk Louder podcast. So welcome back, Blake. Thanks for joining us a second time. We've got news to talk about. You've got a brand new band called Fugitive. I was lucky enough to see you play your very first show in Dallas. Uh, me and the family drove up and caught you at the, what was it called, the Wrecking Ball Metal Fest or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, it was your debut, Fugitive, uh, Municipal Waste was the headliner, Creeping Death was on the bill, Frozen Soul. So it was a big all-day metal festival. And man, the place was packed, too. I couldn't believe how many people were there. So uh, tell us, how was it to get back on stage and, and perform brand new songs for the first time? Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was really good. Uh, felt, felt I like, I like how you, I have to say this, I like how you totally fucking lit up. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you really like, lit it. That was, yeah, it was that was beautiful. Amazing. That was beautiful, man. You, you <laughs> said, how was it? And you were just like that smile and dude, yeah. you just like blew up into a fireball. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. Amazing. No, you're good. You're good. No, it was, um, it felt really good. I had really missed being on stage and, um, uh, I don't know. Just the only negative is that my neck still hurts. So I got to figure out how to get that under control. But uh, <laughs> otherwise, it's it's good. I, I kind of expected that after two and a half years. So it was uh, felt really good to be back up there. I was like, it, it felt like where I'm supposed to be. So I've, I've been playing shows since I was, I think, I want to say 12 or 13. So 
not playing for a couple of years was definitely weird. So metal it, church, yeah. metal church had this like uh, order form inside their first record that you could buy a metal church neck brace. Yeah. Yeah. We, we made <laughs> neck braces. I think at, at oh, a power trip show one time <laughs> we, we, we printed our logo on some neck braces. Oh, like that's... A, I think it was like a limited item we made for this yeah. one show we did. Um, which is yeah, that's what that's, I. It's kind of what I need right now, honestly. I it's. Uh, <laughs> well, we played we played another show like a, a exactly a week later, and uh, my neck was like just good enough to go that day, and then it just started hurting again. So, and then it's been two weeks since that show, and it's almost better. But like when I wake up in the morning, it still kind of hurts. So I don't know. I'm hoping that it it's just a matter of uh, retraining the muscles to, you know, be used to getting thrown around a lot. But yeah, to I'm be sure, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll uh, readjust. Hopefully, you you love the pain. Yeah, you, it's called going back for more, right? Yeah, and I mean, uh, yeah, I, you know, when you're on stage, it's even if you're in pain, you just kind of forget about it. You try to just. I, I gotta say, when I was watching you guys play, uh, I haven't seen that many stage divers at a show in man, I'm going all the way back to like the early to mid eighties since I've seen that many bodies on the stage. And I was watching you because I'd never seen you perform before. Uh, sadly, I never saw power trip, but, um, man, you got, uh, there was like people knocking into you and running into you, bumping into you. And I'm thinking, man, not only is that gotta be difficult for him to stay focused and play, but that gear, what, what, what if somebody snaps that guitar? Cause you were playing a pretty sweet guitar. Was it with Jackson V or something like that? And I'm just thinking about all the abuse you're taking and your gear is taken, but you know, is that, is that typical? <laughs> Cause I haven't seen that many bodies on stage in a long time. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it generally it is when you come from our world. So, you know, like even power trip shows were like that. Um, probably even more people. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just part of the deal, you know, it's part of the, uh, it's part of the show. I Have mean, you ever I had, had any of your gear destroyed? Oh yeah. Yeah. All the time. I mean, not, wait, maybe not all the time. Like generally when we're on tour, I'll have our tour manager or my buddy Logan and he'll, he'll kind of hold down my side of the stage. Cause I'm, I'm really the only one that needs to have pedals in front of me. Like everybody else has their stuff like behind their, you know, on their amps or something. So, um, you know, even if I have like a wireless for my guitar, you know, I still have my pedals with, you know, like, uh, I'll have like our sampler for sounds and stuff. I'll have like, you know, my lead pedal and stuff. So, um, I need someone to watch over that stuff, but you know, people will still just jump on it and land on it and, you know, I try to tape all the cables down and it's just, you know, you just got to hope for the best. So I try to keep them out. Of, I try to keep them out of the way as much as I can, but it doesn't always, uh, it doesn't always work out. I see this like in my head, I see this like heavy metal cartoon of like, uh, well, it's more like, like Dave was saying, it's the old eighties hardcore. I mean, there was a constant like mill of diver, you know, shit going on. Yeah. Uh, old, old DRI shows in the 80s were kind of like that, too. Yeah. Uh, COC, that, that, uh, the early COC, like mid-80s, early 80s COC shows were like that. But the, 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 the thing in my head that was popping when you were describing it between you and Dave was like American Ninja Warrior, American Metal Ninja Warrior, where there's just shit flying out here with your guitar trying to play the song and like yeah. getting through that, you know. Um, yeah. 
It was chaotic, man. I haven't seen a show like that in, in quite some time. And, and sounds like fun. It was. I mean, it was a blast. And fortunately, I was, you know, me and my family managed to weasel our way up into the VIP section. And so we were we were in sort of the safe zone looking down on all this chaos. And I'm watching Blake and there's just bodies slamming into him and people all over the stage. And there's a circle pit that's churning constantly. And uh, it was funny before Blake started playing, before Fugitive uh, actually started playing, this this young girl was sitting in the row in front of us and, and she turned around. She looked at me and she goes, hey, I love the podcast. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, OK, number one, I don't know this person. And number two, I'm thinking, man, she doesn't really look like the kind of person that would listen to this podcast. And I'm just thinking this in my head. And then she goes, I'm Blake's sister. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> wow. And she goes, yeah, you had him on the show once before. And, uh, we, you know, we watched it and we loved it and uh, and all this. And then and then she turns around and there's another woman next to her. And that woman turns around and says, hi, I'm Blake's mom. And I was <laughs> like, oh, my God, this is awesome. And my son, you know, Dash is a huge Blake fan. So he's tripping out because he's going to see Fugitive. And now he meets the family and he's just, you know, thinking this is the greatest and I got to say, man, your mom and your sister, you could just see the pride on their faces. They were so happy and you could tell they really support what you do. And I thought it was really, really cool that they were there and videotaping you constantly and, and, and there to support you. You could tell they were really super proud. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, they're great. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty close with my family. They've kind of seen all the shit that's gone down the last couple of years. So they, uh, they have a different perspective. They were they were really happy to see me back up there. So it was yeah. it was great to have them there. I was my actually my dad was there too, um, and uh, so they all came out and it was it was cool uh, it was cool knowing that they were there. They were very they had a lot of fun watching the show. It was funny to get their <laughs> their uh, their review of the the show. They really I think they only came for they caught like half of the band before us and then <clears throat> they watched us and I think they left not that long after. But. Uh, it was just funny uh, getting their perspective, but they came to some power trip shows too, so they kind of knew what to expect. But they, I think, they enjoyed seeing me back up there. <clears throat> yeah. It's been, been a been a little while, but that's cool that you guys met. That's that's funny. Absolutely, yeah. they, they watch. They watch like if there's a interview or something because there's not that many of them, <clears throat> so they'll usually watch that stuff, and it's kind of funny. I'm just like, you don't have to watch everything. <laughs> But they like uh, they like watching that stuff. So well, you can tell they're just proud of you. Yeah, that's awesome. It's, it's so cool. that. Your your dad must have been in the pit because I didn't meet him. So. <laughs> he, he he was probably sitting around there somewhere. He's a little quieter. Yeah. I I uh, I just wanted to comment. You know, them giving you the full uh, support and love uh, that you needed because you've been through some dark times. I want to. I want to bring that up too. I think that that's the beautiful part because they know what you've been through. It's, it's been rough with, you know, Riley's passing and they've kind of been with you the whole journey, I would think in supporting you and being there for you if you're close with your family. So that's, that's even more amazing on top of that. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, 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 well, they've always been supportive of, of what I do and they've kind of followed everything. <clears throat> so obviously when that happened, they, they, they knew, the gravity oh of the situation and oh, yeah. they've, they've, they've been very supportive. They've been really cool. Um, Amazing. They, they were really excited to have me do all this new stuff. And, um, you know, they know this is what I want to do. 
and what I'm happiest doing. So I know they're, they were happy to see me up there. Yeah. You were born, you were born to do it, man. Yeah. Well, there is too. well, that's cool that you have such a supportive, loving family. They were very sweet people. And I was, uh, I was happy to, that, that your sister spoke up. I would have had no, no idea. Of I know, it's so funny that she recognized you. I figured yeah. maybe they just watched the, inter- or they just listened to the interview and, you know, but they, they recognized you. Nah, she hey, you're a recognizable you. guy, you know, <laughs> <laughs> for all the wrong reasons, most of the time, but that one worked out well. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about fugitive. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously you were on hiatus as a performer since the passing of Riley and, and basically the end of Power Trip. Uh, and then the pandemic came along. Um, how long was it before you were able to sort of get your head in that creative space where you could focus on writing new music, you know, sort of separated from uh the passing of Riley and some of the, some of the obstacles that you had to overcome. When did you finally have a clear head that you were able to focus on? Good good question. Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I really didn't stop that long. Like, um, I was writing, uh, for the new power trip album, obviously when the pandemic started, I'd been writing before that for the last, for the couple of years before that, actually, while we were touring and stuff. And then, um, I was writing definitely at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I think everybody, when the pandemic started was, Oh, we're stuck at home. Let's be really creative. And I think then when shit got really bad, you know, like more into the summer, you know, with everything that was going on just in the country, I think everybody got a little burnout and creativity dwindled. But, um, I, kind of, I kind of kept going cause it was really the only thing I could do. And, um, you know, I have to stay creative but um, obviously when all that went down, that was like fall, like August of 2020, definitely didn't really touch my guitar for, I would say a few months. I just, you know, didn't really want to. And at some point I was just like, you know, I got to keep being creative and keep working on all this stuff. You know, I, have, I feel, I feel like I have a lot more to write and all that. So I, uh, I kept writing and, uh, you know, we finished all that at some point, I'd say probably last summer, um, and just kind of kept going. And then really the fugitive thing happened because, um, I'd say about last March, I, uh, I got like a potential offer to tour with a band and play uh, rhythm guitar. And, um, it didn't end up happening. I can't really share who it was because it, you know, it was sort of a, uh, contingency plan because they were having some internal issues in the band and um it was a really cool opportunity but basically it had me i tuned my guitar down a step to learn all the songs and then um just you know my guitar was laying around in that tuning so i just started you know i was playing for fun and then i was like this is kind of interesting you know like i don't usually write in this tuning i'm always in standard so i got to just um you know, I started just messing around and, um, even some stuff I had kind of laying around from writing for power trip that maybe, I don't know, didn't quite work as well as I thought. Once I tuned it down a step, it was like, it felt right. So I just started writing some stuff and then kind of the timing of that, you know, some of my friends in town, like my friend Seth, who sings in fugitive, um, he's like a really close friend of mine. And we were just eating breakfast one day and I think I was like, do you want to do another band? I'm bored. So, um, he was like, yeah. And he had actually, you know, he's in another band scourge and, um, 
he's he's really he had really kind of come into his own as a as a singer like i'd heard i think one of their more recent releases and they uh covered they did like a i mean the songs were like some of their best songs but then they also covered a uh the proto or like the early obituary band called uh executioner um that like i think the tardy brothers were in i think uh i think trevor was in it too but uh they cover a song off like one of those songs and i heard him kind of doing a more um I don't know you say like more of like the vocal that i would i would kind of push for in the studio like a more of a spaced out verse chorus type thing and um i could just hear his voice i was like this is this could work really well with what i'm writing so and then we're also good friends so it was like this is a no-brainer you know this would be fun yeah. so i just was like i'm gonna start and also i wanted just to start jamming with guys around here because you know like chris from powership he's in philadelphia so i can't just go up there anytime and, and jam with him um I just wanted to jam, you know, I wanted to be in a room with guys and just play because it's been a while. Um, so where are, where are yeah. you now? Are, are you in, are you in the DFW area or are you, you are? Yeah, I live in Fort Worth. Right. Um, okay. and then, but you know, Dallas is like 30 minutes away. So sure. I come to Dallas on the weekends all the time and sure. everybody's sort of, um, around the Metroplex. So the fugitive guys are mostly actually in Fort Worth. So like Seth in Fort Worth, Lincoln from Creeping Death, the drummer, he lives in Fort Worth. Um, and then Andy lives in Denton, the bass player, um, and Victor's in Austin, but that's the only guy that's not basically forward. So, um, yeah, I just wanted, you know, I think part of it too, was like, I just want to do a thing with guys around here so we can have band practices and like, you know, I miss the early, uh, the early days, you know, like the, the camaraderie of just having a band practice and drinking beers and like going to eat burgers after like that i, I miss that shit you know i mean yeah. it's a rare yeah. it's a rare thing now yeah. especially with the the lockdowns and everything it's like mm -hmm. uh it, it's like it was not allowed you know but talking to other bands you know like uh away from voivod he was just just talking about how and it, it, we talked to billy sheehan as well and it was very very similar it's like you know, in Voivod, it was Snake, the singer, built a studio in his living room and just, you know, mm -hmm. they made the record during the lockdowns. Uh, That's and, cool. Uh, pe yeah, people were doing that and they were still trying to be safe because it was kind of crazy. But, but yeah, I mean, even, even then, I bet it felt like purpose, you know? Yeah, but, well, this was way after that. So this was like, yeah, this was in March. So we were actually, you know, things were luckily kind of getting normal again, you know, like yeah. I'd say by Christmas last year, um, you know, that was kind of when everybody got COVID and I think everybody was like, Oh, this is not going away and we all going to get it even if we got vaccinated. So mm -hmm. after that, I think 2022 so far has pretty much been, I feel like business as usual for the most part. So mm. that we, luckily we didn't have to deal with that. We were able to just kind of get together and, and do everything normally. It made it a lot easier. I wouldn't have wanted, it would have been harder to pull off if we were worried about, uh, you know, masks and uh, COVID and all that shit. I did right. some rehearsals during the shit, during yeah. the, the heavy shit. And, and, you know, like half the people are wearing masks. And luckily it was in a space where I could kind of be like down the hallway because I'm not going to sing with a mask on, you know. <laughs> no. It was, it was weird. It was just weird. So you're you're enjoying Slipknot for an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was just going to, I was just going to bust out some sort of Corey with, Taylor with joke. The, with the weakest mask. 
you know, I just had the <laughs> lamest mask. I mean, you know, a lot of bands wear a lot of bands wear masks now. It's like it's not just a Slipknot thing, you know. Right, right, right. right. Mushroom pretty head, com- pretty common yeah. thing now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but you, uh, you just just to like harp on a point one more time, I miss those days terribly about literally getting in the hot garage mm-hmm. and and banging out new material, and you don't yeah. care if it's a hundred and five degrees. In, yeah. the, in the middle of Texas when you're being creative like that, when you're juicy yeah. like that. So uh, hats off to you for, for just basically keeping that old school alive when you're, when you're being creative. Um, yeah. The, I, you know, I listened to, to jump ahead, not, not fully jump ahead, but I listened to the, to the Fugitive EP today. It's awesome. This morning, minutes ago. Uh, for the first time and um, just trying to play some catch up and I hear I hear I hear all the cool shit that I you know just even the artwork and the the feel and the running order and the way it's put together for some reason reminded me of like the old school EPs like I even hear a little bit of Celtic Frost but I but I also feel like when I'm like you know all of the accolade, the 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 information I just laid down, make I keep thinking of haunting the chapel. You know, I keep thinking of that era of uh, tangible release. You know, um, and the, all of those awesome memories came back as I'm listening through. I'm I'm literally staring at my phone, looking at the album cover. Well, this is, I know this feeling. You know, yeah, this is audibly, familiar audibly and just going well looking at the album you know and so and uh, the cover song uh i have actually on uh this weird bathory record that has all the old demos like a remastered version of that from 84 the raise the dead which uh i thought was done extremely well just to kind of play show and tell this is like a I'm sure it's a bootleg or something. It's gold vinyl. It's for it's, nice. it's kind of, have y'all ever have y'all seen this before? I don't know if I've seen that. I yeah, no. it's kinda of, it's kinda of cool. I bought it in a lot. I wanna say I got it from a guy in the Bay Area who was just getting rid of some extras. Yeah, I got a lot of kick ass shit from that guy. <laughs> that looks like anyway, it. anyway, uh yeah, I I love it and um you know, what would you what would you say what inspired you to cover Raise the Dead other than oh we should we need another song was it what was it something that kind of did you, <laughs> well, you, did you in your in your head yeah. were you like were you like this will fit you know or what was it yeah well uh, thank you for all the things you said that's really cool i mean that's that's the that's the goal you know i yeah. wasn't around back then but i uh, you know i'm trying to hey, hey trying rub to that shit, the spirit rub a that bit, shit you know? in yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say earlier that you know Dave. No, you know, I'm jealous. You know, I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. No, I'm way. laughing. I'm, I think I'm, it's I'm, funny. I was born way too late. No, didn't um, you do this on the last episode? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. I was saying us how old we are. <laughs> I was saying. I was saying. I was gonna say earlier, but I bit my tongue, which is really hard. You know what? Me. You guys lived through the golden age, so you get to you got to just deal with it. All right. Yeah, we were around when bands did. A little, did suck, you know, a little older. You know, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you, this is this is this is the trade off. 
I was going to say, Dave said, yeah, we, we weaseled our way into the VIP section. It's like, no, that's where the old people sit. <laughs> they just let you guys go. Yeah, it's like he's talking oh, no, about. Come on. Right. Sir, sir, go over here. You, yeah, he's talking be, about the circle pit and the thrash. Take this comfy, the, take this comfy seat over here. It's yeah. raining bodies on the Can stage. And drink, he's like, sir. hey, let's yeah. go up there with the old people. You know, yeah. like that. I would have done the same thing, Dave. You just didn't want to admit it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um. Your question. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, the EP. Yeah. Um, I just was like, you know, I, I thought a cover would be cool because I, I feel like a lot of EPs or, or demos like that, they'll do a cover. Um, I don't know. I just was like, I haven't done a cover in a while, I feel like. or Well, maybe it hasn't been that long, but I don't know. I, I, I That was one of the bands that was kind of inspiring me when I was trying to do this band was like, I wanted to... I was trying to go back to like what 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 year did you say that uh haunting the or haunting the chapel when did that come out was that oh the same the same year yeah the same year right? yeah yeah it was yeah so eighty four was probably, be, between show no mercy yeah. and uh hell awaits yeah eighty four like if we're really getting specific that was probably um, the time I was shooting for um, so like I think someone left a review on our band camp and they nailed it it was like the year is nineteen eighty three and like. Discharges first records out, Motorhead, okay. Another Perfect Day, Kill 'Em All, and this is what's happening. That I guess perfect. Like that's that's exactly what I wanted to do. Like um, kind of like the early stages of of thrash when when it was still um, you know inspired by by the D beat stuff, the Discharge and all that. And um, you know before it went really fast, I was like the goal was to not go quite as fast as, as the power trip stuff. So not quite Slayer yet, you know, maybe early Slayer, but like more, yeah, more Bathory and stuff. Like they, they play pretty fast on that record, but yeah. um, I just, you know, I, I, that's such a classic album. I mean, it's so primitive. It's so, um, and it's I, the reason it's one of the reasons I, it's so cool to me is because it, it's the recording is so low fi but like the songs are so, um, caveman and so classic that they just like they've endured you know what i mean like yeah and 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 i've heard i've seen you know i've heard bands record covers of songs off that record you know like sacrifice and stuff and um like the song sacrifice and and i don't know it's just like it's cool when there's a band where you can cover a song and you don't want to cover a song where the recording is already really like final sounding and and you know you can't do anything more to it i wanted to find a song that we could take that was maybe yeah more primitive sounding and 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 maybe add some i don't know some r different rhythm to it change a few little things and i think we uh i think we did that i wanted to like make it a little different without taking away the original uh spirit of the song so i think it you know, and I, and I just thought it was a cool song and I thought, yeah, I thought it would fit, but I didn't realize how well it was going to fit. Like it kind of just rolls right into it at the end. And a lot of people, like they'll like think it's our song and I'm like, all right, I'll take it. You know, I mean, yeah, it's not, but if you, if you, if it feels like it is, then that's cool. You know, it, yeah, fits, I, it fits very well. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's a sure sign that it fits. So, yeah. yeah. So we should summarize quickly. So the, uh, the, the, the fugitive EP is called maniac. Is it five songs? Yeah. Five songs. Um, so, and when, when you put 
when you were putting these songs together, uh, were, did each guy come to the to the table with bits and pieces of songs that they had from maybe some of their other bands? Or was this a case where you put the band together, you decided on your focus, and then you all started writing cohesively as a unit? No, actually, it was a little different than that. I, I just I just wrote all the songs. So I, I was like, I was, I was just writing riffs and I, uh, I started jamming with Lincoln and, and trying out some of the ideas that I had. And then, you know, for me at this point, it's just, I, especially during the pandemic when I really was writing alone a lot, it's just easier for me to arrange the songs and, and kind of come up with the whole idea alone. So like, I pretty much just, you know, I demo all my songs on my, you know, on GarageBand and stuff. And I have like a, some drum program stuff. And, um, I just, it was the same thing I, I did for a lot of the more you know recent power trip stuff. So I just, I just kind of put all the songs together and demoed them out basically exactly how they sound musically. Um, and then brought them in and just was, you know, continued to jam them with, with Lincoln. Um, and then eventually me and Seth got together. He just came over to my house and we, uh, sat down with his lyrics and just went through and found all the phrasing and did the core, you know, tried to find all the hooks and everything. So it was pretty much like, you know, the demos I made sound exactly like the way it turned out. Not, yeah. not, not as good, but they, you know, pretty much exactly the same. So for people that haven't heard it yet, um, I, I would say if you were a fan of Power Trip, you're going to love this. Uh, it is a little different, as you said, but uh, but this, there's also a lot of similarities. It's kind of got, like you said, that primitive early crossover, hardcore thrash sort of early 80s vibe. Um, and, and you and you produced the EP. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, um, uh, I kind of did the same thing I've done on all the power trip stuff, but I, I never really, uh, said I was a producer on that. Cause you know, we had, uh, we had Arthur as our, as our producer, which, you know, that was his role and he's really good at that. But, you know, I felt like I brought the same thing to the table. I mean, I, pro I was probably more, I was more involved in certain things, but I mean, everything from obviously this, arrangement of the songs and to the when we were doing the vocals to um you know mixing recording everything i feel like i had my hands on and uh i'd say probably more a little obviously more than the power trip stuff but i mean in terms of like the way i was pushing things i feel like it was pretty similar to what i did with all the power trip stuff so you know I, i've never really been uh super forthcoming about that but um I've always done that, you know, like the, the way that I, uh, approach arranging songs and I, the way I push for songs to kind of end up, you know, whether that's vocally or, or whatnot, I'm, you know, trying to show that I can do that with different people and, um, you know, show that, you know, similar results. I think, I think a lot of people have, are, are noticing that about this project that it's it captures a lot of the same spirit and it's because I was pretty much just coming at it from the same from the same angle, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. I, I saw on your band, I think it was your band camp page that, uh, uh, Jay Rustin is listed in the, in the thanks. And, mm -hmm. and Jay of course has worked with anthrax and Mr. Bungle. And, uh, I think he's done some work with steel Panther and some, some mm -hmm. others that are maybe outside of the, the hardcore metal scene. What was his role or what's your connection to Jay? Um, I, I met Jay years ago cause our, our manager at the time, uh, is his manager. 
So um, I just, I, I met him and we've just kind of stayed in touch and become friends. And he's just a, you know, I admire his, his work and the things he's, you know, he has a great ear. Obviously he's very accomplished and um, I don't know. Yeah. We, you know, we're from different, a little bit different sides of the spectrum, but I, uh, you know, when I'm trying to figure out how to capture what I hear in my head or, you know, how to, and he comes from a rock more of a rock background <clears throat> and that's that's what i'm really into so you know when it comes to like how to get this sound i want he's been he was really helpful you know not necessarily i wasn't recording with him or anything but i could just text him or you know meet up with him when i'm in la and we'll talk about stuff and he's always been very generous with his time and uh helpful when i'm you know trying to figure out how i want to get the drums to sound a certain way or how i want to get my guitars to sound you know he's always been down to uh send advice or whatever anytime he can. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that from him. So he was, he was, uh, helpful during this thing too. You know, like I, I wanted him to work on it and, uh, we kind of ran out of time, you know, like I, I needed to get it done before the show and I just didn't have enough time basically within our schedules, but, uh, he's been a great friend. And, you know, like I said, I, 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 I'm not the type of guy that has to work with people that just have done stuff that I like. I mean, I, I think I can learn a lot from different people. So like if, you know, someone comes from a rock world where I really like the way rock drums sound or, um, the way the recordings sound, I bring that, you know, if I can use in, you know, stuff I get from that guy to help me inform my, what I'm going to do when we record drums like that, that's really useful to me. But, you know, beyond that, he's just a good, good guy and a good friend. So yeah. I, uh, I had to shout him out. For, that, you know, that's going to help yeah. you whoever is whoever is at the helm whatever whatever you have in your head if there's if you don't know how to explain it to someone and you have you know someone who can right. you have ammunition to basically give when you're when you're all there in front of the the desk you know um i like the way the drums sound the drums it's super old school man yeah. The thing that I noticed is in Fugitive, there's there's moments where there's some double kick and, and in Power Trip, that was one of the sort of the signatures of Power Trip was that there was no double kick. And it, that's kind of kept it into that primitive sort of punk rock realm, whereas Fugitive still has a lot of that. Uh, but there are moments where there's little flourishes of double kick and uh but yeah, I, I mean, if, if anyone that hasn't heard this, and I'm sure all your fans have already heard this by now, because why wouldn't they? Uh, but for anyone listening for the first time, if you like Power Trip, the Fugitive uh, EP is 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 uh, not going to disappoint. Uh, my son, of course, had it the moment it was released, and we've been listening to it around the house since the day it was available. Awesome. So, Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Are there any tour plans for Fugitive, especially now that uh, the pandemic maybe is dying down a little bit? You guys have uh, this EP under your belt and some momentum going. You going to get out there and, and push this or what? Yeah, I mean, I don't think we're going to tour because everybody, uh, I mean, maybe not right now. I'm not saying never, but uh, everybody in the band is in other stuff, uh, you know, or have a job, you know, like Seth just got a new job. He's He was like off all summer cause he was in between jobs and he was touring and stuff, but he's, he's back on the clock. So, um, you know, we'll do shows whenever we can. I don't, uh, you know, like I said, I never say never, but I think the idea with this band right now is just to, uh, have fun and keep it easy, you know? So no stressful shit like tours and, um, you know, just 
you know, if people want us to play, we can schedule ahead of time and, you know, fly somewhere or just book a, you know, a good show. And that's cool with me. You know, I'm, I'm still got other stuff I'm working on and, um, just trying to stay busy. So, you know, I'd love to play as many shows as possible, but I kind of like also not playing a whole lot. So it's a little more special whenever we play, we have a couple shows lined up right now. I think there's some more getting planned kind of a little further out. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm just excited. It's nice to be in a, have a situation where I can play a show if I want to. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the future, but I, I definitely want to get back in the studio. Hopefully in the next few months, we can get back in there and do a couple more songs because we actually, For, we need, we need a couple more songs to play a longer set. <laughs> I was five, gonna, yeah. I was, I was just songs. gonna bring that up. That was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those who weren't, who hadn't seen the band live yet, I, you know, are you, are you doing, I, I don't, I don't forgive me. I'm innocent. Are you doing any power trip songs? Oh, in the studio? No, I mean in the in the in the fugitive show. Are you doing any? No, no, no. Okay. No, I, I you know, I actually had an idea of, of maybe covering something, but mm-hmm. the more we thought about it, I was like that would be a little, I don't know, counterproductive. You know, this is a new band. We're trying to right. introduce a new I, band of people. I, I, fully yeah, no, never, res- uh, never fully, res- never. fully yeah. respect that. I fully yeah. respect that. But but I had to ask as someone who hadn't seen the band live yet or you know just hearing yeah. about it they're gonna want to know you know? Yeah, yeah i mean that's a, that's an uh, that's an obvious question we were curious too when we were driving up to dallas to see the the very first show we're thinking well they only got five songs as fugitive and one of them yeah. is a cover tune so well, how are they going to fill out the set um yeah it was an idea for sure i i had proposed maybe doing an instrumental thing or like a intro of a song or something and then we were just thinking about it more like no this is just i think that would be a little like i said just let's stay on topic here you know yeah (laughs) but but i but you know i want i I miss playing that stuff i think it'd be fun eventually to do something but um i don't know first show too we we actually really didn't have a a, originally our time slot because we sort of um i reached out to chad from frozen soul who did the put together the festival and this was a i think a couple months months before the show maybe like a month and a half and i was like can we play like we'll play like a short set and he was able to get us in there um because we played before creeping death you know and we share a drummer so it was like quick changeover and um so i didn't even know if we were going to be able to play the whole ep i thought i think originally our time slot was 15 minutes and then i think it got bumped to like 20 or 25 so uh you know we were a little worried about time but uh it worked out i think the day of the show couple days before the show they were able to kind of make the show give everybody a good amount of time so it worked out yeah when when we were there um my son dash took uh took a he was super excited to look around in the crowd and see your former bandmates from power trip there to support you and he was he kept pointing and going oh there's so and so and there's so and so and one of the guys that we uh bumped into was your uh former co-guitarist uh nick and and dash was super excited to talk to him and everything and uh uh he got a photo taken with nick and uh we were talking a bit and telling him how much of a power trip fan dash is and everything and nick said he said we'll be back and i don't know if i'm letting anything the cat out of the bag here or i don't know if that was just sort of an off-the-cuff comment uh you had alluded to something early in our conversation today where you had been writing basically what was going to be the next power trip album so is there any 
possibility that we haven't heard the last of Power Trip? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a possibility. You know, I, I, I can't really comment on anything yet, but it's like, just because I don't want to get the whole thing going, you know. Well, people, you, love to, you, people love to speculate. I mean, you know, we, we I, I can't say, I've said it before. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we worked really hard. I wrote a whole album and a bunch of songs and, uh, you know, we were we recorded a bunch of stuff. So that's kind of where we're at. And in this we're, conversation, we're you are it. in this conversation. You already said never say never like two or three. Yeah, times. I know that, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you know, it's just it's a process. Yeah, you know, we're not, we wouldn't we wouldn't do anything um, if it wasn't, you know, if we didn't work really hard on it, put a lot of thought into it, and, and make sure it was perfect. You know, we 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 know what the legacy is or whatever, and um, you know, we want to honor that with anything we do. Um, I, I would never do anything that wasn't up to my or our standards, which haven't changed. If anything, they've gotten higher. So, you know, it just takes time to see that through and make sure that everything turns out the right way. You know, I don't want to, like I said, I don't, this is our legacy to uphold. So like I, 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 uh, I feel confident about, you know, everything that may or may not be happening, but I, uh, you know, I just don't want to really like say too much and get the whole thing going. I, I, but we have, you know, I'm really happy with the music we made. And, um, I know that when that day comes, it's going to be awesome. But, um, I just don't know when or, you know, when that's all going to happen yet. You're, uh, you're being sooner careful. Than, sooner than later, but I just like, I can't really say anything for certain. But um, you're, you're being yeah. careful, and it's, and yeah. it's uh, yeah. you, you really care about it, and as you should, and yeah. and you want to do you want to do it right. I yeah. totally respect that. I, I yeah, absolutely yeah. respect that. The only reason I bring it up is because Nick himself said said that to <laughs> us at the show. And, yeah. and and I love the way that you're, as Jason said, very careful about the legacy. I love the fact that you are focused on fugitive and even with fugitive, you're 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 making fugitive the priority. It's not it's not necessarily about reliving the power trip thing, at least not for the time being. You're you're focused yeah. on fugitive. And and I I can totally appreciate and respect the fact that uh, that you're trying to keep that momentum going and, and not necessarily, uh, harken back to power trip, at least not at this time when the time is right, you'll know it and you'll feel it. And when you feel like you can do it justice and do it properly, if that time ever comes, who knows, maybe it won't, but I do appreciate you, um, talking a little bit on that subject because I know it's probably, you get asked it all the time and I'm sure you're not ready to really offer anything conclusive. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, (laughs) Well, I will say, I mean, Nick and Chris are, they're, they're ready to get back up there too, because, you know, me and me and Chris, well, Chris forever, he never stopped playing shows because he's always, he's in a bunch of bands. He just lives on stage essentially. Uh, and I wanted to get in on the action because I was tired of waiting. So <laughs> I, I uh, so that's why I started another band, but it's a lot of work to start a band. It's a lot of time and energy and uh, money, you know, you got to throw down some money to make all this happen, you know? So it's like, uh, it's tough to do, you know, and those guys have their own things going on. You know, like Chris, a bass player, he had a kid and he's doing that. He's being a dad. And then, you know, Nick's working a lot and he's booking shows and, um, you know, everybody's been doing their own thing, but those guys are, they're ready to, they want to get back on stage really badly. So I'm not surprised that he dropped that little bit on you, but yeah. you know, well, yeah. I, you know, we're all, we're all optimistic, you know? I mean, I, I, like I said, I mean, I, I didn't really do fugitive 
with this in mind, but it was like, you know, the re the response that it's gotten and some of the things people have said, it's been really reassuring, you know, cause like I, I never really, for really ever for a second thought that I couldn't write songs with, you know, without Riley or something, you know? And I, I mean, I, I miss doing that and, you know, I, I really love what we did together and I, you know, I wish he was still here, but it's like, uh, at the end of the day, you know, it was like I was saying earlier, you know, I had to pick my guitar back up again, you know? So it's like, at, at some point or another, you got to keep rolling and, you know, and everything I've done in the past, I feel like I've, I've, it's been, it's worked out at least as far as I was concerned, you know, I was happy with it. So like whether I was writing songs with Jason from eternal champion or, uh, you know, writing with Seth or anybody, you know, I feel like I know how to do what I do and, and how to write the way that I guess people would say power trip wrote. So like, um, you know, I feel good about what we're doing right now and the songs that I've written and how they're turning out, you know, I don't think I would let anybody down. And uh, if they thought that I was going to, then hopefully the fugitive thing was a little bit reassuring. It's like I can, you know, I can do it with other people. I, I know what I know how to do what I do, and I feel pretty confident about that. So, yeah, you um, you want to yeah. stay you want to stay true, but the people yeah. that that uh, are doubting you can't worry about them either. Yeah, I, I'm not I'm not worried about them. I mean, you know, like I said, if I'm the most important thing is is if I'm happy with it. You know, I, if I I can't right. live with it if I'm if I'm unhappy with it. Um, that's just you know that's the worst thing that could happen. So if I'm yeah. if I'm happy with it, you know, generally, so far if I've been happy with it, then everyone else has been. It seems like at least our fans or whatever. So it hasn't hasn't betrayed me yet that whole thing. So uh, yeah. you know so far with everything I got going um, outside of Fugitive, I I feel good about that. So I'm I'm opt very optimistic. Well, we're happy to see you back on stage and back in the game. And and the Fugitive EP is a monster. I love it. Uh, it it it, uh, it takes me back, much like the Power Trip stuff did. It takes me back to that time, you know, the early '80s when metal and punk were sort of crossing over, and it's got all that energy and that spirit. And uh, highly recommended Fugitive Maniac five song EP. And you know, um, hopefully you know, you'll, this momentum will carry on and maybe we'll see some more from Fugitive and, and hopefully definitely see some more shows. Cause that show was off the hook, man. That was, that was fun. I was 16 years old all over again, man. And it was awesome. It. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that. I love when people, you know, people tell me stuff like that. You know, I want to, I want to capture spirit. I mean, that's what I look for when I listen to music, you know, like whether it's so yeah, a rock and roll band or something like a newer band, I, I want them to capture a spirit of something, you know, again, that I maybe wasn't around for, but that doesn't mean, you know, that just means that it's the good shit, you know? So I, I right. want people, I want people to, uh, I want people to say stuff like that. That's the whole, that's the goal, you know? Yeah. You want your music to take them somewhere. Like, right. like when you hear music, it takes you somewhere, totally. somewhere the, almost, tan point. yeah, somewhere tangible, yeah. almost Some, something that you can smell when you hear it. Yeah, yeah, I mean yeah. that's that, that that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. So I, if I did yeah. that, then that's a mission accomplished. Yeah. You know? Let's talk about uh, product. Is this uh, Maniac EP? Is it on vinyl? Is it on CD? Is it just for download right now? Streaming stuff. Good question. Yeah, um, right now it's just download streaming, but it's coming yeah. out. Um, you know how everything goes. It's just yeah. delays on everything. So, uh, but it was you know also basically I was just, we were doing it as it came. So like 
we finished it. I got the final masters back like on the day that we put it out. Like I was like, we got it like Sunday afternoon and then like hours later I put it online. So I, I, you know, I, I wanted to try to have it done and set up a physical release sooner. And then it's just, I was like, you know what, whenever this gets done is when it's going to come out. So, right. uh, you know, I was in touch with a label before that and they've already kind of got things in motion. So 20 bucks spin, you, you probably heard of, they're like a underground metal label. Um, mm-hmm. they're going to put out like a 12 inch EP yeah. that will probably, I don't even know, probably early next year, maybe. <laughs> I mean, the delays are so crazy, but, um, they're going to do that. They're doing a tape pretty soon and a CD. So it's going to come out on, on all the formats, just kind of a matter of time, but, um, it's, I think it's in motion already. So that's good. That would be awesome. There's yeah. nothing like physical product, especially yeah. for that style of music. You know, that, that audience is one of the audiences more so than others that really appreciates the liner notes and the artwork and having the logo real big on the, on the uh, LP cover. So the ritual, yeah. I was going to yes. say, I was going to say though, I mean, it never ceases to amaze me, especially nowadays, the power of the internet, you know, like people really oh like God. that shit. I think it's been off like a month and it's got like, you know, hundred thousand band camp streams and all this. Yeah. And it's like on Spotify, there's a, it's like, you know, I haven't put out music in a, you know, like four years or something, but it's just crazy to see how quickly things move. I mean, it's like, there's people in the other side of the world that are big fans of the band already. And that like, it's just crazy how quickly things go. So, you know, you can say a lot of things about now and then in terms of music consumption and purchasing music. But I mean, right now is a, honestly a pretty, and even if you talk to label people that say the same thing, it's like a pretty exciting time for music in terms of consumption because the internet is so powerful. Um, I think people are really eager to support bands. So like whether that's buying vinyl or a CD or tapes or, or even just buying it on Bandcamp, like, I've noticed that. And, um, it's a cool time. You know, I think if you look at the last 20 years, there hasn't been a time like this since things really went down for CDs and all that, where people are like really hungry to buy music and support bands, you know, like, I think people are over, like people don't seem to really try to download as much like illegally or whatever. Like, I mean, I think they want to own something and they want to support a band if they really like their music. And, even if that just means streaming it a shitload, you know, that helps because it, it, um, it helps the band's profile grow. And like, um, it's just, it's cool. I was amazed to see how quickly it grew just through word of mouth and online stuff, you know, like it's not, not the, not the worst time to be alive in that sense, you know? Yeah. It's almost like, yeah. It's almost like the new generation of tape trading back. Right. Yeah. I mean, and you, and you have all the, and and the cool thing is that you, you have all the power as long as you want, you know, like if you want to sign to a label, go for it. But I mean, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to debut a new band, you had to sign to a label and they could put you on MTV and you might be huge the next day, which was, you know, one thing, but you got to give it all to them right off the bat. You know, nowadays it's like, you can really just, own all your shit and put it out on Bandcamp and Spotify. And if you want to have people help you and, you know, give some of it away, you can. Um, but if not, you can hold on to it and the internet can just do its thing. So it's, a, uh, would say just the amount of control that people have now is better than it's been in a really long time. So I, there's a lot of positive things to be taken from the current situation. I talk about that 
quite yeah. a bit in meetings with just other musician friends. Um, I use CD Baby a lot, but it's it's very very similar to any of the platforms that are, you know, basically DIY. Uh, mm -hmm. The fact that you can write a song and release it the same day. <laughs> much, yeah. nowadays is kind of just fucking nuts yeah um but you know uh having having physical and digital product and be able to set your own release date uh all through one under one umbrella uh is is amazing and you, basically you are the record label you know um it doesn't mean you press a button and kick back and say, Oh, I'm done. I got a new record out. It, you still have to work. You still have to promote the shit and the internet makes it easy. Uh, you can be in your armchair and promote uh, the shit out of a record, but you still, the songs don't sing themselves. You know, you still have to play shows. And like you said earlier, it's expensive to put a band together. It's a, it can, so, uh, yeah. You have to put, put time and money into it. It's a lot of work. I mean, you know, I'm. I think it's cool that people can just start bands whenever they want. I don't know. The, the the flip side of that is that you get a lot of people starting bands that don't need to start bands. Like you, you don't need to be in a band. I mean, right. <laughs> but but then, then again, I mean, I say that I've been I've been in bands that were terrible. So I mean, you have to start somewhere. But we have a lot of bands I'm, now, I'm so it's like I'm it still in, it's a... I'm still in bands that are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, it, yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, you got to start somewhere. But uh, uh, yeah. there's just, there's so many bands now. Uh, but it's weird because there's so many bands, and then at the same time, there's like, does it feel like there's a lot of bands? Like, it's like, you know, when it when it comes to like what Fugitive does, for example, you know, you'd think there'd be a bunch of bands doing this stuff, and um, there's not. So it's like there's so many bands, but I don't know they're doing different things. Like, I mean, there's a lot of death metal bands. There's a lot of, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff, but then there's certain things that n no one's doing. I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird situation, but, um, I guess it's good that there's, that the floodgates are open and there's not really neat. There's no barriers to entry. I guess you could say, you know, anybody right. can, anybody can start a band and, and put something out on Bandcamp or whatever. And, uh, yeah, the, the resources yeah. are abundant. Right. Well, I'll, I'm I'm guilty of being um, one of these guys that's just sort of overwhelmed by the volume of stuff that's out right. there. So, yeah. uh, yes, on the one hand, it's great that there's no uh, barriers to entry. But on the other hand, and that's what I think makes a band like Fugitive and previous to that Power Trip so special, at least to me, is if you're able to get my attention I'm an old guy with a very short attention span and I'm easily overwhelmed by all the stuff that's available out there. So yeah. if something stands out, then I, in my opinion, <laughs> it's really good and it's really special because it rises above all of the other stuff that's out there and, uh, and fugitive and, and, and power trip certainly did that. Um, so I wish you continued luck with uh, with Fugitive and whatever else you do. Uh, it sounds like you're a busy man, very ambitious, and uh, I, I love that you you're young and you have the energy, but you have the spirit of an old soul like me and Jason. And uh, I'm super envious, by the way. Yeah, at the, at the, the, we, we love that there's a new generation the that's power of youth is. 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that young anymore. I mean, I'm, I, you know, it's funny. I, I've reached the point where I'm, I, I'm the older dude sometimes in, in the groups that I'm in. I, you know, I, I was always the baby in power trip. Like yeah. when we started the band, I was 16, you know? So I, yeah. I just got my driver's license. I was like driving to go pick up Riley and stuff, you know? So it's like, I was always the younger brother and now I'm kind of the old guy. <laughs> That's cool. And, uh, That's really cool. It's, no, it's actually okay. And, yeah. I, and well, at the end of the day, it's cool because I've felt like I've been in my thirties for a while now. Cause everybody in my band is older and all my, a lot of, honestly, most of my friends are two, two to three years older than me. And, uh, now I'm just kind of, I just started my thirties. I'm about to turn 31. So I got, I got some, I got some time left. You can't see all my gray hairs yet. They're coming in, but you can, they're, they're, they're not all yeah. like, you can't, they're not all on the outside yet. They're like hiding. So you're hiding you know, your balls. Not spot. until they all just yeah. get over here. Then, then, then it's like, you can't, the cat's out of the bag. You can't hide it anymore. So yeah. You, uh, yeah comb yeah. over the comb over's coming, you know? Yeah. I think, my hairline, spot, I think my yeah. hairline's safe. I think we're good. Oh, okay. I think we, we, uh, that's not, not everyone. Anywhere. Not everyone can say knock that. On wood. Not, yeah. knock, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, you guys are doing fine. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, we're hair, okay. is, hair is going strong. Hair is dead. <laughs> so hair is, it doesn't hair is, matter. Hair is hair, you know? Yeah, it's dead. It doesn't no, matter. It doesn't. As long as you, hey, you have it. That's the most important part. I always say I'll, 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 I'll keep my hair as long as it'll have me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good way. Yeah. The, yeah. the rest of this shit is free yeah. at, at, at 58 years old. If I have anything on top, you know, what do you guys think about the phenomenon about guys who can't grow it on top? They just have a, have it all on their chin, hanging down to their nutsack. I think they're just trying to get it wherever they can. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> they're, 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 like they got to prove that there's, that they have the ability to grow any hair. So yeah. You gotta put it, yeah, they have yeah, to prove that they're not beard. follically challenged. Right. Yeah. So they just if have you have somewhere. no hair at all, then, you know, you're, you look like then a, you're, so that's then ultimate you're, baby face. That works, that works for Blue Man Group. Yeah. yeah. If you want to look yeah. like Blue Man Group, then yeah. that, that's the move. You want to be like super aerodynamic. <laughs> See, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, if you're like a swimmer, if you're like a swimmer or something, yeah. maybe. You that's important. Yeah. yeah. I've always, I've always said that Lollapalooza was the turning point because when Jason and I were kids, if you were a metal guy, you had to have long hair. That was just part of the the look and the culture. And then I remember Lollapalooza came along and all of a sudden you had guys in, in, in hard rock and heavy bands that were bald. You had white guys with dreadlocks. You had people with mohawks. You had people with, you know, do it yourself, razor cut green hair. And it didn't matter anymore. All of a sudden, it yeah. just didn't matter. And I think I've always pointed to Lollapalooza as sort of that turning point because it was more about the attitude than it was the look. I, and, I and want I to dive in scary. and say this, that's a version of crossover because I, you know, not just me, but I remember not to the day or the second, but you know, when, when the punks were hanging out with the metalheads and they were coming to watchtower shows and we were going to their show, a good, a good, uh, example would have been the offenders, you know, they're from right mm -hmm. up the road in Colleen and they would come play in Austin every weekend. 
and I would hear about it all the time. And next thing you know, those guys are coming to see us and we're going to see them. Next thing you know, they're inviting Watchtower to be on shows with them. MDC and the offenders and the big boys and all that Austin scene started to just kind of be this one thing. If it was loud and abrasive, and it, rebellious. Was fun, it was fun and cool to just kind of have a melting pot of some kind. And the Lollapalooza thing, I love how you sort of uh, put it in perspective by fashion, if you will, about how there was no uh, trend. No there was yeah. no trend at all. It's like everything just went, yeah, that's good enough. Get along. And it's, I, it was like, it's like I said, it was more about the attitude than the look. So you could look right. across the field at Lollapalooza and you could see the long hair Hesher and then you could see the guy with the green mohawk. And all that mattered was they didn't look like normal people. And yeah. that was good enough. And they were here for music. And that was good enough. Re and that, realizing, that was it. Realizing when the hippies were also starting to get into metal. And you couldn't really tell the headbangers from the hippies at some point. Because yeah. there is a difference. Yeah. Or, there, or there was. Or there was. There was and yeah. now there's not. So yeah. that's kind of kind I was going to say, yeah, that, that, that crossover is really important. Um, I talk about it all the time with, with buddies of mine, you know, from the hardcore scene or the punk scene. It's like that crossover is essential. You know, you, you need the outside influence, <clears throat> whether it's in the music you're making or the shows you're going to, you know, and I think the cool thing about um, the hardcore scene <clears throat> and, and I don't know why it's just the hardcore scene, but it seems like everybody, I guess now it's sort of called the subculture, but the hardcore scene, I think people, that kind of filter through that and people I've known over the past 15 years or, or so just end up in all these different places, you know? So it's like, and it's this, like you said, it's like an attitude or an ethic. So people that start in the hardcore scene end up working with, uh, you know, being in an indie band or being in a punk band or a metal band or working with a rapper or something. I mean, it's just, I've noticed that and it, it always produces to me like the most interesting results, you know, it's like, this is this, thing where if you're more of a well-rounded musical person that like listens to different stuff and you're not kind of stuck in one box that you're able to I don't know just reach into different places with what you do so it's like I've noticed that like the most interesting people that I know are they all come from the you know some some come from the punk or hardcore scene in some way and whether they're in a metal band or they're in a like I said indie rock band or something it's like there's always something about that that produces a different result and i think it was like that it seems like it was like that back in the day too you know mm -hmm. like the people like all the all the metal guys the hatfields and the mustangs and they were all you know listening to gbh and oh yeah they were uh you know thin lizzy and and they they came from a different world and that's what created metal and uh, i don't know sometimes it feels like certain genres suffer if they're just stuck in that echo chamber you know like metal is is one for sure to me like if, you, if you're just metal forever you don't really understand where the whole attitude and the whole raw thing came from right. you know it came it, from something before that you know if it gets yeah. too clicky it's what boring yeah it's just it's just the it's like the attitude like that raw thing that comes from punk or you know something more uh just before that, I don't know. It's just I, I've just noticed that that crossover you mentioned is super integral to good music to me. Yeah, when you yeah. when you think about yeah. when you think about what I mean, Slayer, for instance, 
I mean, you know, they yeah. used to cover, as far as I know, they covered, you know, ACDC and Def Leppard when they first got going in the garage. You know, they wore red and black striped pants and bullshit like that. And, yeah. you know, and then, but they were kids following a trend like everybody else from they saw pictures in magazines and listened to their older brother's record collections or whatever and it that's how it works until they find their own place right. and and then be and then create and riff off of that and you think about suicidal tendencies and that's a fucking great crossover band because they're almost rock and roll sometimes and they have this like swing about them and they're fucking excellent musicians and they thrash with they can stand with any any thrash band and any punk band and any rock band and uh you know they're one of those they're they're the right breed because they were like so open to whatever was happening in you know, southern california i mean this is where metallica started suicidal slayer and that just seems some something in the water there and I, I think the way they were those kids kids were raised uh probably had hippie dope smoking parents it's california dude surf you know <laughs> yeah i think it's the same way you can say that about you know new york too oh yeah um, or even Texas, like yeah, I was going to say Texas. Depending on what's the the environment is, you know, Texas always had you know the punk rock bands too, and and um, I guess you know I guess you had well DRI was from Houston originally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DRI and um, you know punk bands like the it, Big Boys uh, and, and whatnot. And, so and even yeah. the Dicks and Butthole yeah. Surfers and Stickman right. with Ray Gun. Houston area was lots of punk eighties uh, punk. Texas has a really cool history, you know. San Antonio yeah. had a lot of cool punk. Uh, yeah. Austin was was contender, of course. Um, I love being from Texas. It's good. We got it. We got a. I mean, we have a hell of a history, you know. We yeah. got everything from the thirteenth floor elevators to ZZ Top to fucking Pantera and it's uh, unbelievable. You know, it's like yeah. we, we. I always thought, you know, and even just coming growing up in Texas and. We were able to go to all the music festivals like fun 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 fest that had just every type of music it was like everything from punk rock to metal to hip-hop to i mean and you could just be into everything and you could uh really understand more about music as a whole just in you know we always had that there were always bands that just had a certain attitude you know being yeah. in texas oh, yeah. i feel like and, and yeah the bands i mentioned zz top 13 full elevators pantera i mean right there you got a lot of bases covered you know it's like uh right. it's like uh our version fun 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 be like our version of psycho fest or something yeah it was it was yeah. just cool even being I, you know i was going i was pretty young and it was like i could see crow mags or bad brains i could see slayer i could see fucking snoop dog or something i mean it was yeah, like was it was just say. they had they had everybody i mean they had yeah. descendants and yeah. yeah, I mean, just like anybody, it was it was really cool to go and just see all these different bands. And then we also had Chaos and Tejas, which was a uh, like a you know punk fest for a long time. But they had metal bands and rock bands too. You know, they'd have like um, everyone from Leatherface and Dillinger Four to Bolt Thrower to Judgment and Los Crudos and just like all different sides of the punk and metal and hardcore spectrum it was it was pretty amazing and it informed a lot of people's music taste even that still play in bands uh in texas 
you know, I think it was like got everybody started on the right foot. Yeah, for sure. Well, Blake, man, it's been great catching up with you again today. Um, I, I want to wish you continued success with Fugitive and any other projects you're involved in. Uh, it seems like whatever you produce is uh, always gets my attention. It certainly gets my son's attention. And and uh, we loved seeing you on stage. I never saw you perform. It was awesome to see you do your thing and uh, watch the music come to life in front of me. Um, so continued luck with uh, Fugitive, uh, any future endeavors, and uh, it was uh, great meeting your family the other night and seeing how supportive they are of you. And I, I think it shows in you as a person. You're, you, you're, you come across as a really quality dude, and I think getting to meet your parents or your mother and your sister I can see where that comes from, and I'm just thrilled that they support you and all you do. You're making Thank me you. feel jealous. <laughs> well, your parents supported like you, too. I, I know your mom was a big yeah. fan of yours. I remember walking into your house, Jason, and there and there's the gold-framed Dangerous Toys record hanging yeah, on mom's the, wall. The bowling trophy. <laughs> she was she was obviously very proud of you. Yeah, so. yeah. Mom's yeah. the best. Well, yeah. Thank, yeah. You, thank you for all that. That, was, that means a lot. I'm, you know, I'm always honored to come on here and talk to you guys i think it's really cool that you are generous with your time and you want to talk about anything i do so i'm always down to come on here and talk and well chat I about feel, whatever I, so thank i you feel like that. i learned yeah you're, of course man you're welcome anytime yeah. i feel yeah. like i learn shit when i talk to you yeah it, it's it's take uh, yeah and take you it know, as a compliment I, yeah yeah, I, I love, you know, we joke about the age difference, but I, I think what to your point, Jason, we, we kind of learn what's, you know, someone the, in, in Blake's generation where the influences are and what they what they grew up listening to and how the process works today. And it's all interesting to me. So, yeah, uh, we appreciate your time as much as you appreciate ours. So thank you yeah. for being thank here. Thank you for all the kind words, too. I really, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank yeah, you. man. Yeah. You, well deserved so mm -hmm. thank you. uh we'll let you go i know you got things to do um and uh we look forward to maybe having you on the show again when you've got something else to talk about Sorry. i hope to see you in austin with fugitive uh yeah. the live show was amazing so we look forward to that uh next time that we get a chance to see you uh on behalf of my co-host jason mcmaster i'm metal dave glessner along with our special guest today blake ivanez from fugitive on the talk louder podcast 